I think it's you lose all sort of like heart for the game. So uh, I, yeah, you're just going through the motions in practice. You don't care about improving. You just are doing it. At least I was doing it because I wanted, because I like to do physical activity. So I was doing it for the workout. Um, I wasn't like focused on a particular skill. So I didn't have any goals. It was more like going through the emotions. And then for me also, it, yeah, I think I was so scared to mess up that I would at one point like rather just sit on the bench and support my team than actually like play in a game because I get so nervous. Um, but then at the same time, it's like feeling nervous about making a mistake, but then not caring. So mm. if the team won, you know, ha- I was happy. But if the team lost, obviously that's very upsetting. But to me, I didn't care. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh well. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. has been going on for just about five months so weird and I have to say that in these five months I've fallen short on a matter guys I'm guilty of an oversight I've told the stories of athletes who experienced so much joy gained so much confidence via their on field on court on mat success through their sometimes decades-long careers gone into the gold medal winning endings the blessed sister Jean endings. I've also focused on the tales of those who had to leave or decided to leave sport. They were forced out because of injury or illness. Others I've spoken to walked away because something else piqued their interest. Something else became a priority. Maybe it was an obvious different activity or just something in their heart that they had to follow. This story is none of those, and I've failed because I haven't figured out a way or I haven't allowed it to be told yet. We talk about fire a lot in sports as a metaphor, I guess, and it's a good one. It's good imagery for the competitive desire that sits and burns within so many athletes. It's a force that motivates us to get up out of bed and train when we don't want to makes us want to get better on practice days and win on competition days. We can harbor it to fuel the work necessary to achieve goals. Not always, but often, an athlete's fire goes hand in hand with another strong feeling, a strong emotion. Love. Love for the sport they play. Of course, to continue with this fire metaphor, most athletes will feel the flames weaken in moments, maybe for a while. The heart, the will to work, all that comprises those flames can be snuffed out, but they grow again, some way, somehow, down the line. Change of perspective can do it, maybe a new coach or team. This is a story of a fire that was extinguished and was never really ignited again. 
lifelong soccer player, former collegiate soccer player Summer Dennison burned out. See, the fire metaphor is the gift that keeps on giving when I'm not even trying. That is, for very long periods of time, for the better portion of years, her competitive desire was lacking, her positive experience in the sport became fewer and farther in between, her love for the game went away. She kept playing, though. Some things, things which had nothing to do with kicking around a ball, kept her going. She ran more or less on fumes for about eight years of her time as a player. Summer made it through four years of college soccer. She finished. And in a wild twist of fate, she really went out in a blaze of glory. And I'll get to that. But when it was time to hang up her cleats to turn in her equipment, she could not have been happier to do so. Burnout is real. It's widespread in athletes and becoming more common, especially at a younger age. In burnout, an energy within someone's life is sucked out. To understand it, to grasp the cause and effect of burnout, we have to peer into that life in a thoughtful way. We have to zoom out for perspective to see where and how that force entered and crescendoed in someone's story so we can ultimately see where and how it was zapped. And then further, all that came after the zap. So here we go. Yeah, well, I guess from an early age, it became my identity. So I was Summer, the soccer player. <laughs> Always at school, you know, I'm sure you had a very similar experience. Like Summer, oh yeah, Summer, the soccer player. Like, or Summer, she plays soccer. <laughs> so it became part of who I was and I loved it. So it's what I did. You know, I went to practices during the week. I had tournaments every weekend. I didn't think twice about it. It was just what I loved to do. And I think anyone that plays in college at some point fell in love with the game. Um, it sounds cheesy, but you have to, I don't know, there's, if you make it that far, then part of you likes it enough to keep playing. Um, so yeah, it was basically a majority of my life or the majority of how I spent my free time not in school. Um, so it was a really big part of my life growing up all the way through college. Yeah. Since I was, yeah, I guess I started when I was five and then I started taking it more seriously around third grade. Taking it more seriously would go on to mean joining club soccer so more time and energy commitments. It meant being in environments where, in general, the people involved were taking this whole youth sports experience more seriously. Whether that's a parent who sees a flash of Alex Morgan in their 10-year-old, or a coach that wants to win a club state championship. And that can obviously vary with the team you're on, the program you're in, etc. But you get it. It all takes on a very different tone. There's a lot of cool stuff that comes with that, but also the conditions can create some pretty negative things. Starting when I was like 13, I just felt really burnt out. So I'd make it through every season, but at the end of every season, I'd always contemplate quitting. And I'd have the same conversation with my mom, like, okay, this year I'm going to quit. Like, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I'm so burnt out. And then my mom would be like, oh, okay, like, yes, you can quit. And then I'd be like, no, just kidding, mom, I'm going to play. So that happened for like every single year starting when I was 13. As much as I felt burnt out, I think part of me kept playing for the hope that I'd fall in love with it again. So my whole life I had 
coaches that had been very positive with me in the past. And then 13, I had a coach that um, made a point to point out every time I made a mistake. Um, And I think that was coming out of a place to try to help me improve. But what at 13, you're very impressionable. So what that, what that turned into was me just being super hard on myself. Every time I touched the ball, I would be like, Oh, that like you suck. And it, I think that's where I started internalizing everything that was being said to me. And then I started being really hard on myself to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore. I was like scared to touch the ball during practice or during the games. Cause I was scared to make a mistake and get yelled at. So, um, then I started taking that mindset over, even if I had different coaches and I was still just as hard on myself and it just, yeah, it was very defeating. So I think, yeah, I think it was the mindset that I developed from that coach I had uh, when I was like that age. Yeah. So maybe right now you're like, okay, someone feeling the way Summer had felt about soccer, there's little to no way she would make the choice to continue her career in college which is very much this new chapter in life. But if you think about the yo-yo back and forth, quitting and then wanting to keep playing cycle she kept going through, might not actually be surprising to hear that towards the end of her high school career, she was entertaining the possibility. I I didn't want to close any doors, so I wanted to see if I could even play in college. So I started looking at different programs and um yeah so I even up until the day of what college I decided to go to I was really had a lot of mixed feelings regarding even playing in college but yeah I think I kept playing for the hope that maybe I would fall in love with the sport as I had done in the past when I was little again Mm -hmm. so I just kept going and I liked the team environment um I looked I was narrowing down my college choices and then Obviously, I, I picked Swarthmore, and I was going through a pros and cons list, and I felt very lucky that I had the opportunity if I went there to play the sport, but I wasn't sure if I was going to put that on the pros list or the cons list because I had felt really burnt out after my senior season um, in high school. But yeah, yeah. So that, I had very mixed feelings regarding if I even wanted to play in college, but I, I didn't want to close the door entirely since, you know, I, it was my identity summer the soccer player I ultimately decided like I met some of the players I met the coach and I really had a positive experience when I had toured the school so uh, I was like yes I'm gonna give it a shot summer the soccer player goes to college and yes plays college soccer and I focused really hard that summer on changing my mindset um, in terms of how I personally like talk to myself I wanted to focus on more of the good things I was doing on the field and then look at how I could improve as a second fact instead of like only looking on all the mistakes I made just for my own mental sanity freshman year I loved it so I'm like okay definitely gonna play for another year um because everything was new everyone was so positive I loved the players I liked the coach and I liked the culture so I'm like yes like great first year loved her freshman year on the team but I think you know what's coming headed into my sophomore year and then I had also like worked really hard that summer to change my mindset but as I got tired and like school got harder than that mindset easily I fell back into old habits in terms of how I was thinking so by sophomore year I I like yeah it was very I was very hard on myself and just felt defeated after every practice every game um based on like no other outside factors except how you know what I chose to focus on and like every time I would yeah I was just exceptionally hard on myself um so I think sophomore year I was like okay this is two more years of my life I don't have to do this anymore 
should I quit? And then, you know, I would go back and forth, back and forth. And I think ultimately I decided (laughs) if I quit, what would I spend my time doing? Mm. I'd spend my time probably studying more. Um, and I was already studying a lot as I'm sure everyone at sophomore was studying a lot, but so I was like, okay, do I hate studying or do I hate soccer more? So ultimately (laughs) I was like, okay, I hate studying more. So if I'm going to quit soccer to study more, then that's not a good option. Also, I like the team. I like, you know, playing sports in general because I like I like working out and being active it's something I like need to do for my mental health every day so it's you know an excuse to make sure I I go do something active every day and then um yeah the players and then also the part of me that would hope that I would start liking it again I think there's always that part of me that was that was hoping that I'd like it as much as I did when I was little um so then I also I decided to stay for junior year then junior year, I was like, nope, I'm done. I called my mom like after one game. And I mean, this is a conversation I've had with her every single year so, for so many years. So she's like, okay. I was like, nope, mom, I cannot do this. I have one more year. Nope, don't care. I'm so over it. I'm so burnt out. Um, and she's like, okay, like very calmly, like you can quit. I tell you this every year. If you're very unhappy, just quit. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm doing it. And she's like, but just think about this. You have mm. one more year. Your dad loves soccer <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> he's getting older. So just think about your decisions and how they're going to impact your life and how they're going to impact other people's lives. So if anything, just play for your dad for one more year. He literally eats, breathes, lives soccer. Like since your life has been soccer, his life has been soccer. And so I was like, Oh God. Okay. Well, when you throw on that ball, like curveball there, I was like, okay, well now I I can't quit. (laughs) No pressure, (laughs) no guilt trip. (laughs) That's such a mom move, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And she said it very calmly and like, she had a like, with reason I definitely understand and she was like I'll support you if you quit but like think about it wisely (laughs) and I was like okay thanks mom (laughs) and then surprisingly like did not quit and I'm very thankful because I had one more year and I'm all about finishing strong clearly if I played a sport that I had mixed feelings about since for so long but yeah anyway I'll leave it at that so ultimately I decided to play for my dad and for like myself in the sense that okay I want to finish what I started strong I loved the team I love the players I like the coach and I liked practicing more than I like studying (laughs) the word burnout has already come up a ton I've brought it up you hear Summer herself using it but that experience slash feeling can be one thrown around as a catch-all phrase that we don't always unpack and two different for everyone maybe you can just mention a few of the things that at least for you kind of like comprise burnout yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's you lose all sort of like heart for the game so uh I yeah you're just going through the motions in practice you don't care about improving you just are doing it at least I was doing it because I wanted because I like to do physical activity. So I was doing it for the workout. Um, I wasn't like focused on a particular skill. So I didn't have any goals. It was more like going through the emotions. And then for me also, yeah, I think I was so scared to mess up that I would at one point, like rather just sit on the bench and support my team than actually like play in a game because I get so nervous. Um, But then at the same time, it's like feeling nervous about making a mistake but then not caring. So if mm-hmm. the team won, you know, ha- I was happy. But if the team lost, obviously that's very upsetting. But to me, I didn't care. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. oh well. So I think it's like the heart that goes behind that. And then um, part of playing a sport is you're competitive. So I think what I, I, I was a competitive kid, as I'm sure most college athletes are. But, uh, but as I got older, I just 
stopped being as competitive and I just stopped caring about winning or losing, which then if you don't care if you win or lose, then the whole point of the sport kind of, or like the majority of what playing soccer is and what a game is, um, changes like your, yeah. So, yeah. And then just feeling really, I guess I would feel really bad after every practice, like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. And so then I'd see like a change in my confidence, so a decrease in my confidence. And then that would transfer over into other aspects of my life as well. So those are the feelings that I associated with burnout. So just like going through the motions and losing that competitive sense, like sense of self that I had when I was little and like, yeah, just Mm. lack of caring, which is not fair because I know like everyone else on the team really cares. So I guess I felt guilty about that. So I think I cared about it because I didn't want to let my teammates down, but I didn't actually care. You know, if when I was burnt out, I didn't care as much as they did in terms of the results. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, again, I'm thinking about the amount of players on a team, on a team, any given team, any given sport, that there's always at least one individual experiencing something on the spectrum of burnout, you know? Right. Yeah, I tried to keep that contained. Like, I didn't, yeah, I try not to talk about it with anyone except my closest friends because I didn't want I, I don't know I, I like to keep up the perception that you know I like soccer and that I like I really care about everything as much as everyone else does because um, I didn't want that to negatively impact the vibe on the team um, so I thought I did a really good job of hiding that but I think <laughs> as I'm like removed from the program um, I realized how connected everyone on the team is and how I'm sure more people were aware of the fact that I was thinking about quitting because here I am thinking like oh like three people think like know that I was thinking about quitting and now I'm like hmm no I think more people know <laughs> knew sure yes speaking as Summer's teammate I was aware of her desire to quit but that fact and any sort of unfavorable behavior or action that could have happened related to that fact is not what I will remember about Summer as a teammate and I think I speak for others when I say that I feel grateful to have been on the same team as her. She lifted others up. She was a genuine friend to many in our group. Her presence was overwhelmingly a positive one. She left quite an impact on us all and on the program as a whole, in more ways than one. With that, let's get into her final months as a competitive soccer player. So Summer's looking ahead to her final season, Time frame is like junior spring, going into that summer. Meanwhile, there is a situation unfolding in the Swarthmore Women's Soccer Program. Coach Todd Ankitis, hello coach, if you are listening to this, he preferably, and I think this probably goes for a lot of coaches out there, he likes to keep at least two to four goalies on the roster. And two is really like not even ideal if we're considering injury potential and just other unforeseen circumstances. And goalies as a position, you know, they're pretty important. Heading into the 2017 season, a rising junior goalkeeper on our team transfers out of the school. Not good. With the way Coach had kind of planned out his recruiting classes, there weren't going to be any incoming keepers that fall in the freshman class on our team. Coach, please send me a text if any of this context is wrong. Think you have my number. In no uncomplicated terms, we have one goalie. This is bad. I said two is not ideal. One is very bad. But, and this is what I imagine happens in my head, Summer says, team, have no fear. Summer is here. 
you decide that you're going to train to be a goalkeeper for your last few months of your career. So switching positions completely. Mm -hmm. What was your thought process slash attitude in taking on that opportunity? Yeah. So yeah, for junior year, I got a concussion. So like my main game was like playing center mid and winning every ball in the air. I was like, okay, well, I don't want another concussion. I don't want to ever head a ball again. This is not worth it. And I'm like, well, well, there goes my major strength. So I'm like, okay, well, need to figure out one, a, a solution to this problem if I am going to play. And then two, I don't really want to play anymore because I'm, I'm a little, you know, tired of the sport and I need a break. Um, so then I was doing, I was really thinking about what, what am I going to do for my senior year? I need, I need to change something up. I, I can't just like go through another season going through the motions. It's not fair to the team. It's not fair to really anyone, not myself. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to play, I need to, I need to think of something. So I heard about this goalie situation <laughs> and my freshman year, um, I can't remember exactly why, but for whatever reason, I like trained as a goalie for like a few practices. Cause I think we had some issue with the goalies where someone was hurt. And so they, for whatever reason, I was like training with, um, with them for like a week and it was the most fun I had had playing soccer in the longest time <laughs> and it was just so great it was so fun there was like no pressure um I guess all those like negative feelings feelings I associate with myself and like the sport I didn't really have because it was like it's a new like a different sport within the same sport it was so different um and I had played goalie when I was little so I had some base not like a great basis, but some basis of skills where I like wasn't scared to dive, even if it was unconventional. So I'm like, okay, at least I can help my team in practices. And I would like going to practices because I'm learning a new skill. Um, so that's like engaging and it's fun. And like, just in general, I've always had fun like diving and things like that. So I was like, okay, this is a goalie situation. I need to text coach and say, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm interested in playing goalie. I'm because I mean, I what I told him was, the first part where I had the concussions and I, I needed a change, which is true. Um, I left out the part where I also was burnt out and wanted to quit because I felt like that was not going to help anyone in that case. So, um, yeah, so then I texted him and he's like, okay, like, if you're interested. And I was like, oh, great. Like, this solves all the problems I'm having. Like, yes, I'm interested. Luckily, my – but then I also – had like a very small base so I was like okay need to do something before I come in so luckily my high school track coach who is also a soccer coach um said he would train me for free over the summer which bless his soul he's so nice oh my um, God. yeah so he trained me like two day, two days a week in running and then two days a week in like just goalie skills and they were like private sessions sometimes too so he was such a saint I think of every single day Lasan is the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he trained me over the summer and like gave me a basis of like diving and like where to be on my line during certain situations and just like hand skills in general. Um, so I trained with him over the summer. I was feeling really good. And then we had the training trip, which I'm so thankful looking back that it happened to fall on my senior year. Once every four years, the team goes on an international trip right before preseason. August 2017, right before summer senior season gets underway. We went to Costa Rica. Because then that gave me like extra extra 10 days in terms of <laughs> learning a brand new position. I still remember yeah. that game that you went in and we were freaking out. 
yeah I think that was my highlight as a keeper my, my second highlight <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah second highlight. I think yeah I was definitely I saw that as kind of like a test period where if I was gonna be really bad then okay I'm not gonna help the team but like I wanted to give it a shot and I think that was a perfect like r- test trial and then that game happened to be really good so or for a beginner I think it was beginner's luck but <laughs> definitely definitely made some saves and I was like oh okay I can do this yeah she was killing it Summer was our backup keeper throughout the fall. I think she saw some time in a couple more blowout-type wins we had. She worked hard. She took it seriously. But there was never any, like, Summer is fighting for the starting position kind of thing. She was the second-string goalie. That was set. Her, our starting goalkeeper Amy, and our goalie coach Reba worked together most days way over yonder in the keeper bubble, diving, doing footwork, coming up with inside jokes, whatever they do over there. Um, And this was life for us all. Getting into the end of October, we finish second in the regular seasons. We qualify for conference playoffs. We win our semifinal game on a Saturday and we're set to play in the championship game on Sunday against Johns Hopkins. All right. So we are now playing this fun. We have been playing this fun game. We are now even more playing this fun game called Can Hannah recall this time and tell a good story in an impactful and poetic way while also protecting her own mental health we'll see i'll let you know i'll let you know in the beginning of next week's episode how this all went um but yeah i can't believe you know there's a microphone in front of me and i get to talk about johns hopkins women's soccer what a day But no, um, going into the 2017 season, Johns Hopkins women's soccer had won 10 of the 12 previous conference championships. They are always making runs in the NCAA tournament, and they're the only team from our conference to ever appear in the NCAA Final Four, blah, blah. The Swarthmore-Hopkins matchup in particular had heated up in a big way in the last few years. 2017 was the third time in four seasons that we'd met each other in the conference final. You throw in a few choice words back and forth on social media and in school newspapers. The fact that, this sounds ridiculous, the fact that our acceptance rate is just about the same, as that's an annoying thing in elite East Coast schools, apparently. And then there's like this quirky versus preppy battle, which is kind of fake, but also not really. It's just David versus Goliath vibes. All those things I was saying about their reputation, their clout. And also just literally David versus Goliath vibes because Hopkins has 4,000 more undergraduate students. I'm stopping now. I promise I'm done. You're picking up what I'm putting down. There's a lot in the mix going into this game. And also on paper, we're not really supposed to, it's always going to be a game, you know, games are not played on paper, but Hopkins is ranked 10th nationally at this point. We're, I think we're 21 and they whipped us in the regular season game that we had played just a few weeks before. We're also on their home turf for this conference championship game on Sunday. Okay, I'm fast forwarding now. We play out of our minds um, and so we go up 2-0 in the first half. They come back though. It's tied 2-2 and we are barely hanging on. I don't know what the shot count is, but they're 
it's hurting. We're scared. <laughs> Somehow we're hanging on. It's not going well. We managed to get through overtime into PKs. A PK shootout is going to decide the winner. Now, this is where things get wild. Coach Ankitis is picking his kickers for the shootout. He's talking strategy. And it's not long before we find out that Summer is going in. Summer, that girl who has been training to be a goalkeeper for just a few months and who has never played in a high-stakes match of any kind, is going to be our goalkeeper in a penalty kick shootout against our nationally ranked arch rivals to decide the conference championship. Cool. Summer saves two PKs. We win because of her. She wins MVP of the weekend. It was incredible. You ended on a high. Mm -hmm. And of course, the last season, these last weeks are only a snapshot of what you've already, you know, it's, it was a very long career with many ups and downs, but it's an awesome story. Mm-hmm. And, but considering it all, how are you feeling about your soccer experience once you've, you know, finally turned in your equipment and maybe in the weeks after once that dust settled? Yeah, so I was, I was ultimately very thankful for my decision to see it through, especially because I only had one more year. Um, I could have never imagined that it would have ended on such a high. Um, I'm thankful because uh, it makes me feel like I positively contributed to the soccer program as a whole and like made it all worth it for me, like for myself. And then also I like was able to help my team and mm-hmm. obviously the team had my, were my best friends. So I was like, oh, great. So I felt very, very happy with how it did end. Um, also, because my high school career did not end as well as I would have liked. Um, so I kind of felt like defeated by that. And I was telling my mom and like my dad, like I can never end my soccer career on a good note. And so then when I went in for the shootout, I was like, oh, no, like, OK, this is this is my time to end my career on a high note. Like, here we go. Um, and then my mom and my dad were obviously freaking out because they're like, yeah, she like for whatever reason can't end. Well, and then they're like, no, no, here we go. So um, luckily this time I did end, ultimately end my soccer career on a high night. So I think that definitely helped um, shape my feelings about soccer in a more positive way. Uh, needless to say, when it was time to turn in my uniform, I was like, here you go. <laughs> like, pretty, pretty happy. I was like, oh, it was kind of like a relief off my shoulders. Like I no longer have the pressure to feel like I have to play soccer. Like I do not have to make that decision this year. Am I going to play? Am I not going to play? Cause mm, there's no other like team to play for. Like I made it through as far as I can make it through. So I guess I felt a sense of accomplishment for like not quitting and not giving up on myself or the sport. Um, and thankful that it did end end in the way that it ended, but I was also not sad to say goodbye. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot in these past five months, but definitely more recently because of life. Um, I've been thinking about what is the most ideal end to a sports career, and definitely this can be extended to experiences beyond sport. What is ideal closure? What does that look like? Is that even attainable? In sports, you have the final glorious hurdle sort of goodbye, which is achieving what you set out to achieve. That's obviously great, super fulfilling. I was like thinking about um, former guest Keekon Randall's cross-country skiing gold medal as an example. But 
and she pointed this out, sometimes when you end on that kind of high, there's that question or that challenge that or maybe arises and says, can you keep going? What's the next thing I could maybe push myself to achieve in this sport? That's the peril of the athlete's fire. Sometimes it won't go away when you want it to. On the other hand, duh, you don't want to end by losing a national championship or something that's distinctively sour or sad because that can really stay with you. So much is out of our control and a lot of the closure process happens way beyond the final buzzer no matter what happens in those final few games or that last game. But in my personal opinion, I think there are a lot of things about summer's goodbye that makes it kind of perfect. Now, a year and a half out of college, soccer is firmly in summer's rearview mirror. So right now, I'm currently a kindergarten teacher at a bilingual elementary school. Um, so definitely a very different life. Keeps me very busy, but the kids make it worth it. <laughs> They're cuties. Um, yeah, and I'm learning a lot too, especially as a first-year teacher. You're, you're always learning, which I think is something that I'm realizing I need to do. Otherwise, I get bored. I need to constantly learn new skills, which is the same thing with a goalie. And in terms of... I look back on my time with a team as something like a positive experience overall. And I think it's because when you are removed from like the whole college and the atmosphere, it's easy for me to think about, or at least the way my memory works is I focus on like all the positives and I am very lucky where like all my best friends from college, not all of them, but the majority of my best friends from college happen to come from the team. So I'm very thankful for the friends it has given me. And then also I think I, if you're once you're a college athlete, you instantly have like credibility in terms of your athletic ability. So I, I say that I'm a like I played soccer in college very proudly mm-hmm. when I meet people. So yeah, I think I, I and I think that comes from like being proud of myself for sticking through it, even though it would have been very easy for me to quit at any point leading up to the end of my senior year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think of it very. I I mean I recognize. I recognize that I don't miss it and that I'm not looking to join a team anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think of it positively. And, like, I'm just thankful for, like, the people it's brought into my life and for, like, the positive memories. But, I, yeah, I I think it's just the way my memory works. Is I'm like, okay, I'm going to forget all the bad stuff because that's not going to help me anymore. <laughs> but I don't want to, like, yeah, it was hard, at, very hard at times, especially when I did feel very, like, frustrated. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah not looking to play anything (laughs) nope okay did you hear that all the adult rec league organizers out there (laughs) summer will not be on your team stop emailing her (laughs) and hey considering she's a teacher it's only fitting to end with a lesson from summer um any advice for those out there who are maybe feeling burnt out in their sport or they've quit or they want to quit or really just anybody on that emotional spectrum? Yeah, I think the advice I would give is try not to act out, like, impulsively. So I did actually, like, call my coach one year growing up and, like, say, I'm quitting very impulsively. And I, I do regret that because, I mean, ultimately he was like, you're being dumb. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so I think if it's really bringing – like, if it's making you really unhappy um, – I would even like make a pros and cons list of like the time you spent playing soccer and what you would have, what you would spend, how you'd spend your time otherwise. And if you realize that 
by quitting soccer, it's actually going to, or whatever sport you play, it's actually going to make you happier than I would say do it. If you realize like how I realized that if I ultimately made that decision to stop playing, I don't, I don't think I would have spent my time in a way that would have made me any happier. Uh, I would say stick with it if, and yeah, I'd say stick with it, but unless it's, if it's making you really unhappy, quit, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to have a very like happy ending story, which I'm thankful for. Um, I'm, I'm sure if it hadn't ended that way, my thoughts for soccer would be a little more negative. Um, but I am ultimately, that's something that no one can take away from me that you played soccer in college for four years. Um, so ultimately that brings me a lot of joy and like, I feel very happy with that decision, but for some people that doesn't have as much weight as it did for me or how much it meant like it meant a lot to my family that I did that as well um so I think it depends on the outside pressures but ultimately think through it rationally write it down if it will help you out and then make that decision not after a bad practice or after a bad game like give yourself a day off like do that after a day off so that you're able to think through it logically and then talk to friends so I did I had talked I luckily have a good family support so I was able to talk to them and then I was also able to talk to a few of my friends um that that I knew they weren't going to tell me like, oh, just quit. Or I knew they weren't going to say just stay because of how they felt. They were going to give me like their opinion based off of what they thought was best for me. Mm-hmm. So find friends like that and family like that. And yeah, really lean on them to give you advice as well, especially if you're not able to to make a logical choice. But yeah. There you have it. A story of burnout has been given a platform on the pod. But it is just one story. And I'm going to close out this episode with a PSA of sorts, telling the stories of people who left their sport in more negative ways is an interesting catch-22. So it's really important. I want to do more of it. But the people who quit or burnt out or they just yet did not have rah-rah-yay sports experience towards the end They're not really keen on having a conversation like this, coming onto a show like this, which I I totally respect. If you're packing something away, if there's a piece of your identity that you're trying to not actively be involved with or it's part of your past, not trying to, like, poke at that. But, yeah, I do think that there's something valuable about talking to people that ended their time in sport with these sorts of feelings. If you're listening to this and you quit or you burnt out or you were just in F that mode towards the tail end of your career, I would love for you to reach out and there are various ways to do so. Slide into the Run Along podcast Instagram DMs. Email me at hlichtenstein at runalongpodcast.com. Fill out a story submission form on the Run Along Podcast website. The point I'm trying to make is that I am oozing accessibility. Same with if you know someone who falls into this category and might want to talk. Maybe you can refer this episode to them. That is it. Thank you to Summer Dennison for coming on to the podcast. 